This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Let's get back to BetQL's You Better You Bet Countdown to Kickoff with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, presented by BetMGM. Ken Barkley is going to tell you about the line moving to the Bengals-Texans game in a second, but just an update on what's happening in Germany with the Colts and the Patriots. Chad Ryland misses a 39-year-old... Uh, uh, 39-yard field goal for New England. Colts hold a 7-3 lead. And uh, according to Colleen Wolf, host for the NFL Network, who's in Frankfurt right now covering the game, uh, Bill O'Brien apparently freaking out at Mac Jones. Those are her words. That's what's happening right now on the Patriots okay. sideline. It's an old-fashioned uh, freakout. Ups- an old-fashioned right. freakout, yeah. of which I think there have been many in New England this season. Colts up 7-3, have the ball at about midfield, a little bit more than halfway through the third quarter in Germany. So, can we set up what's happening in the Bengals-Texans game? Sure. Uh, Jamar Chase going to be active. My opinion is I think you'll get, like, full Jamar Chase in this game based off the information we have, but no T. Higgins. Uh, what's happening with the betting market right now with the Bengals and the Texans in Cincy? I'd say it's actually moving in a way that I I didn't quite expect. Uh, So to update people on kind of what happened this week up to today, the Bengals opened at about a seven-point favorite on this game when Nick and I did the show Monday. Uh, We got the Jamar Chase injury news live during the show that he had a back injury. No one was really sure whether he was going to play. And so the Bengals were favored by seven when that news came out. And as you would imagine, there's, you know, questions are raised about a star player status. He plays for Cincinnati. The other team is going to get bet a little bit. And so this number came off seven and the Bengals were favored by about six and a half. Now, over the course of the week, it kind of seemed, I would say, like 50-50 or worse that Chase would play in the game. And then T. Higgins, another Cincinnati wide receiver, was declared out earlier this week. So all of this news collectively, like, makes the nine kind of compress, move toward Houston in the game, despite whatever Houston's got going on. So we end up with basically Cincinnati five and a half this morning. And then it's, okay, Chase is going to play. It's just a pain tolerance issue. And in my head, I go... All right, probably going back to six and like sit there. That would kind of be my guess, basically. Like, all right, we have this, we get dragged down, dragged down, dragged down, five and a half. It's actually a pretty optimistic or like a rosy injury update. Chase is going to play no matter how, how effective you think he's going to be. But that's not what's happening. We Not only did we not go to six, we're staying five and a half in a bunch of places and fives have started appearing in this game. So despite the fact that Jamar Chase is playing, Houston's getting bet even more, which I think is just really interesting. Houston obviously off a great performance offensively against Tampa Bay. We can also talk about the defense and how they almost lost the game, but Stroud played great. He led them to a win, kind of a, a crazy, miraculous drive at the end of the game. Uh, and I think people are high on Houston right now. They also have like a pretty negative injury report. And there's a lot of guys beat up on both sides in this game. I find that market movement very interesting. Just you would think, okay, usually the market moves based on the injury statuses that we get on game day and during the week. We got a really good one for Cincinnati. Where'd the market go? Well, the opposite direction. And we'll kind of see what happens throughout the course of the show. So. The Bengals are still a five and a half point consensus favorite. Seems like it's closer to moving down uh, than moving up. If you wanted a five on Cincinnati, you can find it now in a few places. 
Yeah, I, uh, it's the only direction I'd look at this point right now, especially if like if what I yeah. think about Chase is going to be what it is. I think that's that's the only direction that I would look in right now. Our best bets. We will talk about obviously that game and every other game on the board coming up at twelve forty p.m. Eastern time next hour here on You Better You Bet. Ken, let's go to uh, let's go to Duval. For the Jaguars and the Niners, two of the best teams in football, at least as far as records are concerned. San Francisco riding a three-game losing streak coming into this game. We've got to get Trent Williams and Debo Samuel both back in the lineup. What do we have here with the Niners and the Jaguars? Any line movement here on Sunday morning? One of the best games of the day today. Right, so listen to what we just said about Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and how that impacted the Bengals game. Right, the Texans get bet, as it looks like Cincinnati will be without some players. Uh, and then an unpredictable move, Chase has declared in money on Houston anyway in some places. Well, that's kind of bizarre, because normally the line just tends to move how we get these publicly available uh, injury announcements. Okay, we got some really positive ones for the Niners coming into this week. There was kind of an assumption I think Devo Samuel was always going to play, but he's going to play. And then we find out that Trent Williams is going to return for the Niners also. This was Niners minus three basically the entire week. So on the heels of those two injury announcements, or that assumption that you know, Sam is going to play, but then also Trent Williams is back, okay, we get like a bump toward the Niners in this game. So in several places, this has come off three, and the Niners are now three and a half point favorites in the market. It's basically like three minus 20, three minus 25. The three and a halfs that have popped are obviously heavily juiced toward Jacksonville because the line has like moved up to San Francisco. So, you know, want a three and a half on Jacksonville, you have to pay for it, but they're starting to appear. I don't know if we're going to get any more movement on this game because like no one else is questionable. Like there's no other injury news left to announce. So this might just be where we live. But the interest in this game has been basically all on the San Francisco side from a line movement standpoint. It's also worth noting basically everyone we've had on the show this week, professional bettors, people that do content, former players, analysts, whatever. Everybody likes the Niners in this game. Everybody thinks basically, yeah, both teams are off their bye. Just to sort of like paraphrase what they're all saying. Both teams are off their bye. But maybe Jacksonville a little overrated based on who they played. While the Niners, I think I think everyone expects to just transform back into the Niners we saw the first four weeks of the season. Coming off that Sunday night win against Dallas, everybody thought they were the best team in the league. And since then, a lot of kind of uh, you know tough luck losses, head-scratching turnovers by Brock Purdy, and injuries. I think people kind of expect the Niners to get back on track. The market's certainly moving in that direction. I guess like the only question is going to be like if this does go to like a full three and a half, is it going to be like buyback on Jacksonville? I would be interested to see if that were the case, or if we just hang out with San Francisco just like minus three and a half, and that would be, that would be it uh, as we approach kickoff coming up in about 90 minutes. All right, that's the Niners and the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Let's go to the AFC North, where we mentioned, you know, the Bengals uh, part of this equation, right? Thursday night football, massive game. Basically, the diametric opposite of the Panthers and Bears this past Thursday night. Cincinnati and Baltimore. The Bengals are obviously hosting the Texans, and the Ravens will host the Cleveland Browns, looking for the season sweep of Baltimore. They played earlier in the season. If you forgot about this game, uh, it's understandable, because that's the DTR game, the Dorian Thompson-Robinson game that Baltimore just, like, suffocated the Browns' offense. They do anything. Uh, Deshaun Watson will be under center for the Browns in this game, and uh, the betting market doesn't seem to care, Ken. What do we have here with the Ravens? Some are arguing right now the best team in football. Maybe Lamar Jackson would be the choice for NFL MVP if the season ended today. What about Cleveland hosting, uh, Baltimore hosting Cleveland today? Not a lot of line movement in this game. I mean, a really, really interesting game, and we'll talk about maybe a couple of the applications uh, of, like, the winner and loser, like what happens if certain things happen in this game in a second. The Ravens have been six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game the majority of the week, small moves one way or the other, you know, every couple days. But really, we always end up back on the same number, which is the Ravens six-and-a-half. The total in the game has stayed 
basically the same the entire week. Opened 38 and a half, quickly went to 38, has just sat there the entire week. So, you know, this is kind of one of those games and we get these on the show sometimes where people are like, well, why don't you open with Browns Ravens? Like, that's a huge game. And it's like, because nothing's happening. Like everyone just kind of is like, yes, yeah, six and a half, 38. That's what it is. There's no news. There's no injuries. There's no betting angle that's like causing the line to move in a specific way. There's no information that's come out about the game that would lead you to want to make a bet. So it's kind of one of those like big, big games like we can't wait to watch, but maybe there's not a betting angle that people particularly like, or at least there hasn't been a reason for the market to move on the game throughout the week. So we're six and a half 38. We were six and a half 38 this morning. I expect in 90 minutes when the game kicks off, we'll be six and a half and 38. But if we get something obviously movement wise, we can detail it. It's just worth noting about most valuable player, which you mentioned there with Lamar Jackson. Jackson. It's also worth noting Miles Garrett was sort of the consensus pick for defensive player of the year on all the uh, midseason awards content that came out in a variety of media outlets. This week, Garrett getting basically every first place vote everywhere. Uh, and he's one of the favorites to win defensive player of the year in the betting market. So you have like MVP favorite versus defensive player of the year favorite. It's also worth noting, yes, like this will be a tough test for Lamar Jackson. The Browns defense is very good. You look at the MVP market. There are, you know, maybe like six players you would say are among the favorites, maybe only four or five. The three of the four favorites, Mahomes, Tua, and Jalen Hurts, are all not playing this week. So if you're trying to like crystal ball this thing and figure out, all right, tomorrow, what is this market going to look like? It's just worth noting that like when you don't like and people can think this is like, well, how how could you say this? Like the market's got to be smarter than that. It's not when people don't play because they're on buy and someone else has a good game, their price is gonna drop dramatically. We're gonna like pretend, like we're gonna somehow assume like that the buys didn't exist. Be like, well, there's a good reason they didn't play. They were on buy. Like why is Patrick Mahomes less valuable to win MVP now? Cause he didn't play. And what if Lamar has three touchdowns today? And what if they beat Baltimore? I think there's an opportunity for three players to make a ton of hay in the MVP market this week because the other three are literally not playing. Lamar against the Browns. Now that might be the toughest defensive matchup. Burrow at home against the Texans. Like, what if he lights up the Texans? No one's playing this week in the MVP market. His price can't drop a lot more. And then we don't like this team in this game, but it's just worth noting, Josh Allen is 16 to one to win most valuable player. And again, Mahomes, Hurts, and Tua, not gonna, you know what their starts are this week? Zero for zero for zero yards and zero touchdowns. So like if Allen crushes Denver, like again, it's kind of like, if you like one of these three guys, you could identify this potentially as the buy opportunity because this is their chance to make up ground on guys who aren't playing. And that's kind of the way this MVP market works a lot. If you don't play and somebody else plays well, they take your price, they take your lunch money and their price drops in the market as a result of it. So if you like Lamar or you like Burrow or you like Allen, like this might be the moment where they kind of move into that front status next to all of those players who'll be back next week. The only player that's on a buy this week in the NFL who's putting up numbers, Travis Kelsey. For people below, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Check out that a million videos being posted on social media right now with Taylor Swift over in shirt? Argentina on her. I, badass. I now like he's. I really knew you tall, would like it. So like I knew yeah, you would like shirt. the shirt. Yeah. It's not even yeah. a question. Do, do you not like it? Well, I just like your. For people who don't know, how could you not? Nick is very fashion conscious and like very interested in this stuff, and I am not. So I just kind of rely on his judgment for like what looks good and not. Like I don't. Oh, it's I'm badass like utility. for sure. Yeah, like I just, it's like, my thing is like, is this comfortable? And can I like sit on the couch and watch football in it? Great. Whereas like I see Kelsey's shirt and I go, I bet Nick really likes that shirt. I bet Nick might even oh, own yeah. that shirt. <laughs> like, I, I, I wish I did. Yeah. My my senses is that that's like a thousand dollar shirt. And like, while I may be like very into it, uh, I'm, we'll I spent a thousand dollars on a shirt. Let's see how today <laughs> goes, to be fair. Michigan was really great yesterday, to yep. be fair. 
So we'll see how it gets. The Travis Kelsey shirt, badass for people that uh, that haven't seen it. You better you bet with Nick and Ken countdown to kickoff week ten NFL Sunday. Uh, it is official, by the way. Jamar Chase is active, as expected, but the actives and inactives are out. We will bring you the full report coming up in about 10 minutes. Jamar Chase is active today for the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, uh, let's go to the Saints and the Vikings, Ken, in Minnesota, where just because like this was announced like 40 minutes ago, K.J. Osborne's out for Minnesota today. He cleared concussion protocol, but the Vikings are holding him out for this game. Josh Dobbs will start for the Vikings after last week's heroics uh, for Minnesota against the Atlanta Falcons. What do we have here with the Saints and the Vikings in in Minneapolis. And w- worth noting, although I th- I'm guessing a lot of people already knew this already, Justin Jefferson won't return for this game. That had kind of been like bandied about at the start of the week, but you kind of combine that with Osborne's absence in your head, you're kind of like, oh, I got... Who who are they throwing to? Looks like TJ Hawkinson will play today. I think his status got upgraded this morning, and I haven't read anything about him missing the game. So just like kind of interesting injury stuff swirling there with Minnesota. The line movement in this game has been interesting throughout the week. So you think, oh, Josh Dobbs, everybody saw what happened last week, didn't know the plays, didn't have time, just got there from Arizona. So he didn't have time to learn anything about the offense, doing everything on the fly, spontaneously, apparently like a very, very intelligent you know, person in general, like, you know, when NASA tweeting about him, a rocket scientist oh, a rocket for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So it just, it's, it's literally, yeah. But, but to be fair, we also said that about Matt Patricia and he didn't last very long in the NFL. So, you know, it kind of comes, it depends on who the rocket scientist is. It's still true is. though. But like, right. It's still, still something that you can say just does not necessarily mean NFL success, but Dobbs had a lot of success last week. Uh, they beat Atlanta and it was kind of the story of the week. Now the saints come to Minnesota and the saints have always been a team that's been projected to be pretty good this year. It's like, it's a pretty talented team. They signed Derek Carr, like playoff aspirations. This team was a favorite to make the playoffs, favorite to win their division at the start of the year. And they've won a couple games in a row. So you knew that, and they're healthy too. So you knew there would be bullishness on the Saints because the Vikings are just kind of like put this thing together with duct tape, basically this offense, Dobbs and missing receivers. You knew the Saints would get bet and they did. So they opened about two, two and a half. And then they got bet to the key, most key number in the NFL three. And that's where we are right now in the game. I will just like color inside the lines here a little bit and be like, I agree with all of that happening. And I love the Vikings today. I <laughs> just like, it's like, I think it's actually Atlanta or Minnesota. One of them is probably my favorite bet. We'll do the other best bets to close the show. Just, it's one of those classic situations, Nick, I think where we all understand why the market's moving the way it's moving. It's dictated by injuries, recent performances by the teams. Great. All of that makes sense. I would so much rather have Kevin O'Connell plus three at home than Dennis Allen and Derek Carr laying three on the road. And I think we've already seen that come up in a number of situations this year. And I think the side that I'm going to end up being on is the one that's going to come through more often than not. Uh, best bets a little over an hour from now, every single game on the board. Let's hit one more game here. We'll do the actives and inactives on the other side and the rest of the line movement coming up for Week 10 NFL Sunday. Like, interesting betting action, Ken, in Tampa, right, for the Buccaneers hosting the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, by the way, officially inactive. Malik Willis will back up. Will, you'll love it at Levis today. What do we have here for the Titans and Bucks? I, I think we were both, maybe not confident, but we were at least, like, pretty sure that this would be a a less than three point spread either way throughout the course of the week. And that it would just probably stay that way. We have, we've had the favorite flip in this game. Titans were a one point favorite. Tampa went back to a one point favorite. Tampa has been favored the majority of the week, but it's always been less than three. And this was again, talk about just, you know, I I can't see every line move coming. Like they're going to happen. I'm like, wow, I, I wonder why that's going on or that's really interesting. And this was one where I wake up this morning and there were a number of books that weren't listing the point spread at two and a half anymore. They had gone to three in the game and the three was juiced toward Tennessee, but like that was what like Tampa three, like what, what happened? Like what's going on? Yeah. A lot of organic interest in the Buccaneers 
if you uh, want a three, there are still a couple left on the board, it's worth noting. But literally, as we speak, they're all getting bet. So I think this is going to settle back down to Tampa minus two and a half again. Just like sort of unpredictable interest in a side that like I didn't really like in the game. I don't have a strong opinion on the game at all, but just you know, think about Tampa off that Houston game last week and just how they played recently. A lot of people stepped up or people with, uh, with influence in the market stepped up or were like, I want to bet Tampa in this game. It got out to three. Those are getting bet back. Let's call it Tampa two and a half. Total has stayed the same this entire time called 39 uh by the way patriots second in goal right now inside the 10 obviously here down seven to three start of the fourth quarter in frankfurt against the indianapolis colts to bring you the update on that game on the other side the rest of the line movement for week 10 nfl sunday and the fantasy and betting impact of all the actives and inactives to wrap up our number one of you better you bets countdown to kick off